Welcome to CTO Think, a podcast about leadership, product development, and tech decisions between two recovering chief technology officers. Here are your hosts, Don Vandemark and Randy Burgess. Hey, Randy, what's going on this week? Let's see. First off, I want to make a mention of our good friend, Mark Thompson, who has been working on the Totally Strong um, application using, I think he used Flutter and Firebase as the back end. He's been a guest on our show many times. He recently did a kind of second launch new version of the app. And he also had to do like he did a video introduction and he's adding new features. And this is a guy that is managing family and full-time career as an instructor and uh, working on a side project. And, you know, he's also a very enthusiastic supporter of people on Twitter, which (laughs) across the muck of Twitter, he is a a bright light. So I just want to, like, if you've been kind of with us from the early stages with the podcast and you've heard Mark talk and you're kind of curious what's going on with him, it's worth checking out his... uh, his new app. What's the domain name? Totally strong. Is it IO? I can't remember. That sounds right, but let's see. I've got it as dot me. Totally strong dot me. Yes. So that's the website. It's worth checking out. Um, and I, I've, I mean, I downloaded the app and it, I don't have a gym that I'm really a part of at the moment. I'm waiting on it to be like built. <laughs> but uh, once I get back into the swing of working out, I will, I'm going to plan to use the app too. So give it where, a shot. Where are you going to have, where are you going to have time for gym with all the golfing and pickleball and boating? And uh, do you do paddleboard, paddleboarding? And- <laughs> we do. We have a kayak and paddle boards <laughs> see? so see so yeah you're right i'm never going to go back to the gym um, that's like that's yeah. like I, I i don't go to the gym because I, I i i have to be doing something in order to get my exercise and it'd been a few weeks since i was out officiating i went out officiating on uh wednesday and I was like, oh, man, I just love being out on the field. Yes, I'm dog tired. Yes, it's 95 degrees out here, but this is fun. <laughs> but I'm getting exercise. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and right now I'm in the, the early stages of pickleball addiction. So that's probably I'm going to start shifting more time towards that. The golf is just yeah. a, the, the golf is an amusement of, oh, I'll go out and act like I can do something consistently here, which is seemingly losing golf balls is what I'm very consistent at. Um, oh, well, slice, yeah, that's, that's normal. <laughs> if you're a tree on the right and you see me walk up, you have a, there's a high risk you'll be hit um, by me. But, yeah. Well, I tell you what, we need to combine our golf games then because I'm always left. So. Oh, really? Yeah, then that's... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just need to see what you're doing wrong and just follow that, and I'll do awesome <laughs> right down the middle. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the. But anyway, uh, to the point of if you are someone that actually has the diligence of going to the gym, it's a terrific app. I, and I like it. I like the app myself because I feel like it takes a lot of the clutter 
out that other apps, fitness apps have. So it's a, that's an end product of someone with limited time can only build the important things. And that's kind of how he built Totally Strong. So uh, yeah. anyway. To, 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 be young, to be young again. <laughs> to be young, to be young again, when we could build any feature we wanted without considerations for the time implications. Um, yeah, no but, kidding. So you're, I, I miss those days. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm more efficient now. I just go for simplicity and stuff. So <laughs> anyway, what's going on? Uh, well, actually, so that didn't say what. I, for what's going on with me, I start the new gig next week. I am exploring yep. the early stages of Go, which looks a lot like JavaScript to me. And so I don't know the history of Go, but now I'm suspecting it was someone saying, I'm just going to build Node like it should be. So it's that's that's what I hear whenever I hear anybody talk about Go. It's just another, it's a, you know, a JavaScript fork kind of. Which is also great because I've been so focused on JavaScript lately. So far, nothing about it in the early stages looks alien to me. But we'll have to right. see. And then TypeScript, I'm diving more into that, making sure I understand TypeScript because through the grapevine, I've heard more and more big firms are doubling down on TypeScript for their internal code bases. And I kind of right. get that sense of TypeScript is catching fire. And so I'm kind of keeping an eye on the tutorials around TypeScript. And that's been enough. Um, in addition to, I'm trying to learn how to fish and I'm trying to catch my own minnows. That's the other, <laughs> that's the offline task. In addition to, I want to be kick ass at pickleball and so i'm watching a lot of youtube on that <laughs> so 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 you you can compete with jeremy when when we get together in in the fall in denver right by far that is my biggest motivation is to be our mutual <laughs> to be our mutual friend um jeremy because he's got a he's got a wicked backhand slice that i know he wants to bring to me and i'm going to return it like he's never seen before that's my goal <laughs> anyway what's going on with you <laughs> well we, we we're recording this a bit ahead of time um by the time uh everyone hears it you will have been in your job uh, uh probably two plus weeks yeah um and i will have been off on vacation at an officiating clinic and uh, by the time this comes out, I'll actually be at a conference for uh, Aspire EDU where um, we get together with uh, customers of our largest partner, um, our largest integration. Um, and we, we use that time as kind of our company retreat. We, we bring everybody together. Um, it, it, it's, it's something I look forward to. I don't, I don't get to spend enough time uh, in person with everyone that's part of the, that's one of the downfalls of a remote team. Yeah. Um, so it's good. I, I mean, I say remote and yet the co-founder's just over, she's not in Tampa anymore. She's over on Amelia Island. She moved beachside. So um, it's not that far for me to just go swing by. But, um, but anyway, so it, it's also a good time usually that we use to reset or to plan our year. Um, Usually coming into this conference, we've usually just finished a big feature um, and, and we deliver it before the conference and we get to talk about it at the conference. We've got a, a, a slightly more minor feature this year that's coming out. 
Um, but we, we try and use this also to plan for the next year. Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today was a little bit about our road mapping process and, and how we go about it and, and talk about some of the things on our roadmap and, and it, it kind of off the cuff here, uh, kind of building the roadmap as we talk. Cause what I want to do is I want to sit here, put all my ideas together, make, you know, three or four pages, one for each idea that we're going to talk about. And then we'll just have a conversation. Um, when we're there, we'll try and prioritize some things. This is the first year where we don't have the, the, huh, let me find wood to knock on first off. Hmm. Um, we don't have the specter of growing too large for our database hanging over us um, because we've already split our databases out. So performance is, is again, would less an issue <laughs> yeah. um, than, than it's been in the past. Um, less of a concern, I should say. So, um, so really what, what the, the first thing we're, we're going to do is we're going to finish that. So last year, at the conference, we, we brainstormed, we came up with a, with a way to do it um, a little quicker than what than, than the big drawn out plan that was going to take months to do. We, we found a way to, to break up the databases a little quicker. So we were able to implement that before the school year, before uh, new clients came on. Um, we went through the fall with, with not a lot of problems. Um, so, so it worked. But that has to be finished. You, you, if you take the shortcut, you eventually got to get back on the main road. Yeah. Um, and, and that's where we got to do is we got to clean that up. Um, our, our lead developer has, has termed it back end portability and, and really what he's, and, and he's right because that's the real direction I want to go is not only splitting up the databases, but making everything portable to where if we decide to take it off Heroku's, um, database implementation and just slap it on uh, AWS directly, we can do so um, and maybe save a little cost that way. Mm-hmm. Um, if we decide to pick up the whole thing and move it to Azure or, or Google, although based on what I've been hearing lately, I really don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> it, 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 we, we, we want to be able to, to move this around and that that does more things for us is, is right now we're in a place that if AWS goes down, we can retrieve our backups and, and move it elsewhere. It might take a little bit of time, but the whole vision of portability would be to be able to spin, spin something up fairly quickly, um, more quickly than we can currently, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, it's never been a major concern because if AWS goes down, um, to which is uh, our stuff runs on Heroku on AWS. So if AWS goes down, our stuff is down. But also our clients, are, uh, uh, our partners are down. Our partner LMSs are down because they all run on AWS as well. Yeah. So it's not like anybody's going to miss us while <laughs> while AWS is down. But I'd, I'd sure like to have that ability. It also opens us up to um, other countries um, when we move when we gain some Australian clients, they've got a requirement that the data must reside in Australia. Yeah. We couldn't have the data in the United States. Well, we tried to put the data in Australia and still run the, um, the service on AWS in the United States and performance was just horrible. Um, 
it, it, it was absolutely horrible. So we used a, a service called Convox, which is an AWS-like clone yeah. um, that you can just put on your own servers. And we put that on Australian servers and we spun it up and, hey, we now have uh, things in Australia. Can you, but we want to be a little bit more portable with it. To pause on that real quick, was the problem because your code base was in America and your data connection was in Australia? Was that the issue? I believe so. The latency, I think, okay. was the issue. Okay, okay. Yep. It, it just, it had, if you think about all the trips it had to make, it had to go from the user in Australia to the United States. Then in the United States, it had to go pull the data from Australia, bring it back to the United States to process, and then push it back to the user in Australia. Yeah. Um, so all that latency just, it, it was, it was unworkable. Um, but we kind of knew that was coming. Uh, we said, let's throw it up. Yeah. Let's see what hap- what's ha- what's going to happen while we work on this all, all Australian solution. We just in case it works, because then we don't have to do it. <laughs> yeah. But we, we kind of knew where that was going to end up. So that's number one. And that's been hanging over us. But to be honest, that that's not fun. Um, it, it, it's hard. It's, it's hard work. It, it's drudgery at times. Um, whenever you have a big project like this, all big projects are drudgery for the most part because you get so into them um, that that you got to uh, you've been stuck on the same problems for so long um, that that you get bored of it. Yeah. So that's that's one of the things that'll go on our roadmap is to continue that, and that that's been going on, and and we'll continue that, and we'll continue to push that. Um, the, the next thing on our roadmap and that we'll discuss for our roadmap, and I don't know if it'll make it or not. And, and that's kind of why I want to put it there is the, the user interface for our service is, well, it's built in bootstrap. Um, I think we're using bootstrap for now. We built it in bootstrap two. We're using bootstrap for now, but we haven't fully converted it to bootstrap four. We just kind of took all the bootstrap two code, made it work in bootstrap four and went on from there. Yeah. Um, so we either have to, we, we have to do a few things. We have to one decide if we want to spend the time on, you know, bringing in the bootstrap four features. Um, we have to decide if we want to stay on bootstrap or move to something else. Um, we have to decide, are we happy with the user interface we have? Cause We've essentially taken this user interface that was built six years ago and we keep adding things to it. Yeah. Um, we've never reimagined it and that's okay. It works. Um, and it's not ugly, but every time we add something, I, I tend to push back and I go, Everything you're adding is just be is just more noise on the screen mm-hmm. um, because it is. And 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 if you take our very first implementation and now it, there, there's a significant noise factor. Um, I'm not saying that's necessarily negative because all the everything we've added. Um, I want to be very. I, I'm, I'm almost. I'm. I'm 99 sure of this. Everything we've added has been at customer requests Mm -hmm. as opposed to us just pushing something out there. Customers aren't always right, but we usually listen to them. And if we hear it enough, we figure out a way to put it in. 
Um, actually, I, I saw Aaron Levy, who's the uh, founder of Box, um, had a quote, had a statement on Twitter the other day. He said, um, as a startup, always bias towards simple. Customers will tell you when your product doesn't do enough, but will never ask for fewer features when they stop using your product because it's too complex. Yeah. Well, so I've, I took that I took that Twitter and I put it right in our Slack channel. I said, this isn't commentary about what we do. I just think this is a nice quote. So um, to rewind on, you started out talking about Bootstrap, the tool, the implementation device. But I think I would like the fact that you start. Yeah. It was weird to me that you started talking about Bootstrap as a change. Yeah, because I'm really like I don't like you can you can take materialize, you can take Tailwind, you could take raw HTML and CSS, and you can take Bootstrap, and all of those yeah. will allow you to implement a layout and a design and some easy to implement tools, but it's really way more about does our current user interface allow our, a great experience for the users. And then you say, what tools do we need to implement what we've decided is the best user experience? So to me, like none of your problems exist on whether you have bootstrap con two concepts and four. Sure. It's really about sure. is your user interface keeping up with the times and the user experience you need. That's really what I would focus on. Yeah. And, and, and you're right. And that I, I, I may have constructed it poorly <laughs> um, because it, from, from the lead developer's point of view, it's we need to upgrade bootstrap and, and, and you're absolutely right that we need to decide. And this is, this is one of those decision points, right? We need to decide if we're going to spend tens of thousands of dollars to, or if not even a hundred thousand dollars, right, to bring in a UI per UI UX person mm -hmm. designer, and say, look at everything we do, and come up with something that you think fits everything we do inside it in a better fashion. Yeah. And I, 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 it's hard to spend that much money. Um, but it's one of those things that you have to make the decision on, are you going to lose customers because they get into it and there's too much there um, and, and nothing's intuitive anymore because you've stacked so many plates on top of each well, other. Well, and so um, let's talk, uh, I'm, I'm going to segue that point to a complaint I heard about a, I'm part of a country club system now based on where we live and they have they have implemented over the last two years a software suite to that you know allows everyone across different departments to to get the, their jobs done and i've talked to three right. people and they each say the same thing it's so hard to get thing anything done to figure out how to get anything done but when I've looked at the website for this company, they have this huge list of features that they provide each of the people. And this is a software platform that apparently works with thousands of clubs across the United States. And so 
that is very, very true that you can build an application that does everything that all of your clients have asked for you to have it do. Yet you have created an interface and a user experience that allows them to just simply get lost more than to actually get work right. done. Because I know that this system actually will do what all these people have been complaining. They say it doesn't, but they can't figure out how to make it work. It's really not that easy. Right. And that's the challenge you have as a product developer. So when you're building out your roadmap, that's exactly what I think you are. That is whatever you always have to, to keep in mind is it's, it's a lot easier to build any feature and tag it on than it is to make it intuitive and simple when you add it. That's the challenge to me right. in, in my mind. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and the cost is going to be the number one constraint on it. Um, because if we do it, I don't want to skimp on it. I'm going to be like, no, this is going to cost a hundred thousand dollars. If it comes under that, let's, let's be happy. Um, but once you finish with it, you've got the other problem of change. Um, in, uh, in an industry where change is usually not viewed as, as positive. Sometimes the, the educate, the ed, ed tech industry, um, you're taking something that a lot of people are used to using and you're changing where everything is on them. So you've got, you've got the, the opposite problem yeah. almost, which is we, we need to simplify it for new users. But now we're going to take everything that the old users are used to and change yeah. it on them. So there, there's a lot of there's there's risk there. I, I don't think there's a lot of risk there. I think it's just a lot of cost and it's it's talking ourselves into the cost, the, the benefits outweighing the mm -hmm. cost. Um, and and I, I don't know if we'll get there or not, but that's one of the things that, that we're, we're going to look at. Um, speaking of customer features, we'll, we'll also talk about any, any big features that we're hearing from the, the, either the customer base or the sales yeah. channels where, where our salesman's been hearing it about, well, your stuff doesn't do this, so I can't purchase mm -hmm. it. Um, that, that's another place we'll pull in information on, on our roadmap. Um, a certain, so, so if we've got a roadmap. We've got an appendix in the roadmap um, that talks about our marketing site. So our marketing site um, was not built by any of our developers. Um, it's built in WordPress um, and none of our developers know PHP. So yeah. they, they don't touch the, the, the website. I'm the only one who touches the marketing website for any kind of programming reason. Um, and it was built... I want to say four years ago, um, we haven't changed design on it yet or, or anything like that. So we got to have, we got to have discussion about that as well, which is a couple things. One, do we, are we happy with the marketing website? Do we like how it looks? Do, do, do we want to refresh on the design? Are we good with it? Um, let's assume for the moment that we're good with it. Um, and then, then we enter into my personal concern, which is this website was built 
So we, we, we engaged a designer. She put some designs together. Um, and then we handed those designs off to an offshore uh, web yeah. press development firm and they yeah. built it up. Well, what happens when you do that? What happens when you do that, especially when you don't have your own developers managing it or looking over the project? is that they built it, it works, but they also built it using their shortcuts, their, their methods, their tools, to where when I look at the code, it, it's almost unreadable um, because I didn't create it. Um, any of the custom things they built into it, I have a hard time actually figuring out what to do. I wanted to add just a, a, a bar on the page somewhere um, that would have all the different awards that we'd won mm -hmm. through the years. I eventually gave up and stuck it in the footer because I couldn't get it to work, to insert in the middle of the page. So I, I've been I've been struggling with this and, and we can have a conversation about this. I, I've been struggling with the idea of why WordPress? So we built it on WordPress because our previous marketing site was on WordPress. Uh, the salesperson and the CEO know how to create a new post in WordPress. Um, they can manipulate it well enough. Um, but we don't have a ton of dynamic content. We don't have, you know, a blog that we put a post out once a week. If we're updating stuff, we're updating it every three months, every six months. So it's very static. There's not a lot to it. Um, and I think that gets rid of a lot of the reason to even have a full uh fully featured cms mm, yeah um when you start to talk about a very static site and, uh, and i'm using this in a different term a uh, a uh, 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 static um i'm gonna get away from the word static a site that does not change yeah. a lot in far in terms of content um you start to look at static site generators like um, Jekyll or, or Gatsby or things yeah. like that, where um, you're really you can you can bring in lighter CMSs. Um, you can bring in uh, you can literally bring in Airtable, which is essentially just an uh, uh, an online spreadsheet to be your CMS that you can put things in in order to um, drive your so, content. So that's where I, that's what I'm trying to figure out is. Where do we take, if we decide to go forward, and I think we're going to do something because I, I, I just, I'm uncomfortable with where we are right now as far as being able to change things. If we go forward, do we go forward with something new on WordPress and we just get it cleaned up or do we go with something on a static site? So generator? let me, I'm going to approach this from a CTO perspective. Um, I mean, yep. I guess that's the whole point of the show, right? But so I feel like you're thinking and we've, <laughs> and I've quasi criticized, needled you about this in the past. Your sure. choices on tech usually come from your talent and skills in hands-on development. And that works okay. against you sometimes in the sense that Let's say you were a CTO without hands-on coding skills. Your objective 
in a in a company that is growing is that the web the marketing website does not drain the resources from your engineering team. So if you don't have the skills, you have to think right. about who has who is going to work on this. And to me, right. I want to empower my marketing team and my sales team with the best online web presence that they can maintain so that it, at the very worst i'm simply going into let's say wordpress engine and tweaking a few server settings but they are able to add their own blog posts theme changes widgets seo like right. optimizations all that good stuff and I feel like if you go into a static site generator, you and I understand Markdown. You and I understand builds and pushes and GitHub. But I don't think you're going to find anyone in the marketing or sales team that are going to have any idea. And so you're going to put a depend. You're going to keep a dependency on yourself, you Don, because you know how to code. Or someone on your team because they simply know Git and 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 pushing to whoever's hosting your Jekyll. I feel like WordPress is not the problem. It is a hindrance because you yeah. personally don't like the inability to work on it yourself as much as you can. Well, you and I could obviously nail down a Jekyll installation or I did middleman for Ruby. I did Gatsby as a test a while back. You and I can do that stuff in our sleep and WordPress has a lot of layers to it that you and I are like, we're not going back in the PHP world to learn more. I feel like you're bringing, you're keeping, if you switch to non WordPress, you are keeping your marketing site under your wing because you can and, and as a small company you have to decide if that's good or bad but i don't know that it's good okay so so that that's fair and i i i, I fully accept your feedback <laughs> however here's where you're wrong uh no <laughs> see that 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 that's yeah. leadership there that's i hear you now let me tell you where you're wrong <laughs> um uh so so i hear you Here, here's here's my concern i won't say you're wrong here's my concern what is wordpress giving me for all that complexity Okay, so we don't do theme changes. The only thing we do are add add blog posts. Okay, so let's let's take off my part time crappy developer hat, set it to the side, say that I'm just a, a CTO with no no ability to to mm -hmm. develop anything. Okay, I'm still looking at WordPress as that's a lot more complexity than what mm. we need. What is something simpler? Because it, it, there's a lot of power there that my we're not using. Okay. And maybe that's the wrong way to think about it. Okay? My argument. We don't use the power. My argument it. is ahead. your earlier complaint was we have a crappy WordPress install. You don't, you don't trust that it was done well. 
even though you could argue yeah. it got the job done. But beside that point. No, I, I will argue that, that it got the job done. It, it It's done its job for four years and we haven't had to rewrite it. Why would I come? I, I can't say it didn't work. I just can't. It's hard to alter. Could I get a WordPress developer in to do the changes we want for a few hundred dollars? Yeah, yeah I can't. And maybe well, that's yeah. So that's my, my next recommendation is, yes, I think you should get off of the current WordPress installation and then get onto a better WordPress installation. Ah, now, now see, now you're spending more than just a few hundred dollars. You're now in the thousands yeah. of dollars. Um, it, when if I'm going to make a change, okay, so I have I have choices. Choice A: stay where we are. Maybe get a WordPress developer in here to make the changes every once in a while that we want made. You know, we need a little widget for our awards and things like that. We want to move this from here to here, that sort of thing. And that, to me, that's an acceptable answer. I can live with that answer, okay? Because I'm not the one digging in the code. It's not a, a, a large cost, that sort of thing. That's that's answer one. Answer two is rewrite it in WordPress so that it's more maintainable, so that things, so that, so that, so that I'm more comfortable that it's a good WordPress mm -hmm. implementation. To me, that is that's the worst answer of the bunch. But okay, because that I, I it, it makes no sense to spend the thousands of dollars to rewrite it in WordPress when we don't but need. So WordPress. what do you? Yeah, do we need do we need a do we need an ability for people to create new sections, posts, whatever you want to call it, easily. Yes. But that's it. It, it, it I, I just feel like WordPress is too, too powerful so, so for all So I that. guess um, that it's too much. Again, going back to, of all the CTOs I have worked with, they spend their time working with people, hiring, coordinating, um, outsourcing, work to be done because they don't have time to do any hands-on code is your objective right like we you joked earlier about how i have entered a world of pickleball tennis fishing boating paddle boards what have you which means i need to increase the amount of free time i have and not add more items onto my plate but if you switch to jack if you switch to jekyll <laughs> How in the hell are you going to outsource any sales marketing? Are you you're going to be the person that says, "Okay, salesperson, give me the content. I will clean it up to work in Markdown on Jekyll." And that's your job every time? That that like, that's fair. That's a, that's a fair objection, okay? I would argue that A there are tools that 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 will make it easier for people to insert um, content into a Jekyll site or into some of these other static site generator sites. There are tools that, that exist out there um, that are essential, that are CMS lights. Um, so I guess that's really my point is let's get off of Jekyll for a minute and mark down, even though I think both our salesperson and our CEO can pick up Markdown in no time. Um, 
let's sure. get off of that for a second. It, do we need the full power of WordPress or should we be looking at something simpler? And there are simpler things out there. Um, what, what's the one that's always advertised? Sanity? I have no idea. Um, there are uh, there are lighter CMSs. Well, you out say there lighter, um, at, at, like what? Like a, the initial install of WordPress is freaking light. Like if you install, like it's yeah. WordPress bulks yeah. up because people add so many modules to it. But let's talk about what a marketing website needs. It needs to have SEO capabilities. Like it, one, one, it has to run, it has to be secure, it has to have multiple users, um, so it has to have authentication and auth built in. It has to, it has to, in most mm -hmm. cases, it needs to be, have the ability to update pages without coding. It needs to be able to compile all, all, all of that work into a delivery to the browser that is fast because now Google is putting SEO value into um, responsiveness and to speed. It needs to be on a hosted platform um, that handles you know Apache and PHP and uh, MySQL on the back end. Um, Again, there's lots of different techniques to boost your uh, interactivity with social um, media. So having those integrations can maybe valuable depending on the company. It needs the ability for um, pushing, like making sure that Google knows about the new content that's, that's been rendered. Again, you aren't doing a lot of blog posts and stuff, so you're looking for something that's sitting there. Caching is big. You don't get any of those those speed benefits unless you do caching well. Now, when I talk to people in marketing, right. right, I can go through that entire list, and none of not a single marketer expert, marketing expert, or content person knows how to do any of those items, but they do know WordPress. They have all, right. at some point in their careers, worked on a WordPress site, and that is, to me, is the sure. value. But we're not we're but we're not bringing uh, in marketing people. That's just it. We we we, we don't do that. We well, yeah, but you're only six years. years old. But you are you're yeah. taking a poorly done WordPress site in your mind, and now moving to a static site generator that guarantees no matter who you hire in marketing down the road, that they won't know how to use that in my mind. Uh, I, and, and see, I don't see our, I don't see in our future bringing on marketing people or, or even hiring, uh, hiring a marketing firm to help market any content we've ever put on the site mm -hmm. has been one of us doing it, but it will be um, one of you guaranteed if you go the way you're going. It's going to, well, if I'm already thinking it's going to be one us, of us. You say us, but I mean happen? you. Uh, it, eh, see, I, that's where I don't, ne I, I, I don't necessarily agree with you in that I think it's easier than you're making it out to be to, to put new content in. Um, but let, okay. let's talk about performance for a second. So what 
is the purpose of WordPress. The purpose of, and, and I could be overthinking this and you think I'm overthinking this, just to slap <laughs> me aside and, and tell me this, but the purpose of WordPress, the purpose of Drupal, they are two peas in a yeah, pod. They yeah. just approach it differently. Okay. The purpose of C of heavyweight enterprise CMSs, which is what both of these are, is to be able to take in new dynamic content, to be able to update your website on a regular, you know, almost daily basis, to be able to have content, uh, a new blog post, to be able to update this little word here constantly. It it the 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 flex not the flexibility. The updatability of it is the the driving factor well, of the heavyweight well, CMSs. Our site, our I'm looking at AspireEDU.com right now. Okay, looking at the front page. Not a single word on this front page has changed in six months. Okay, that's fine. So, do we need? the back end that these enterprise CMSs deliver, or do we need something more lightweight? It may not be <laughs> Jekyll or Gatsby or something like that. Is it a, is it a more lightweight so CMS the, that, that can generate static? The sites? chief efficiency officer would say, why do you care if it's not changing at all for six months? Why are you making any changes at all? That's fair. That's fair. But too. the, my bigger point is when you, let's go back to the question you just asked, what is the point of a CMS? In my world, that in my experience, I have always approached content management systems with the idea, I want to empower non-technical people to make content changes and updates, period. That's always yep. been it. Yep, now, there's another side to me that says, holy crap, I know what it takes to build an efficient single-page or few-page app that gets through Lighthouse on Chrome audit tools or like developer tools, I'm looking to um, ace that audit so that I feel good on the SEO capabilities. But Lord, I don't want to do it myself. And there's a bunch of people in the WordPress community that spend all day working on plugins that do that for my people, for the folks on my marketing team. When the marketing team comes to me and says, we can't make a change we want to make, that is then on my plate as the CTO. I have to go and pull someone off of my product that I'm working on and say, hey, I need you to do a change for the marketing team. That slows me down in my product building. Now, not to, not to mention, yep. I have to give up an hour of catching minnows because I'm now the one that is implementing the WordPress plugin. Or in your case... In the future, well, I'm the only one that knows how to use Git, and Git is a is a dependency on um, on Jekyll. So mm. I don't know how it isn't. I've never used Jekyll without Git. There's not a database storing but, but, anything. But 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 this is this is where I'm trying to get you away from the the specific okay. tool. Okay. Yes, you may be right that Jekyll's the wrong answer. Okay, but to tell me that there's no middle ground between Jekyll and WordPress. Is so if you want to go to, there's a middle ground. If there. you want to go to easier and it's just a matter of finding where the where, easier where is. tool is Squarespace by far. 
Yes, or Wix, which which I actually found out Wix puts out great sites. I didn't know. Uh, but but here, I've actually got a site on But Wix. I can speak for Squarespace because I worked with a client recently that has Squarespace. And she yep. came to me yep. and she said, when I do audits on my site, it looks it is hor- it loads horrible based on the standards that Google has set up. And she talked to SEO experts that said, you have to improve your site loading. It's horrible if you want to get better SEO, because she's in a market where SEO is critical for her. And, and so yeah. I put together a project to go and improve the, the Squarespace site. And we got told straight up by Squarespace, you don't need to worry about that stuff. Those audits are fake. We do it terrific. Trust us. Which I know is bullshit because I totally, like, I know exactly the, that the audits do speak for how Google is judging these low page loads. Squarespace is not making that right. up. But that Squarespace is not going to give me access to the ability to build her website the right way. So right there, Squarespace allows for the easiest of content implementation, but it does not allow for the tweaking you need at a technical level. WordPress does. Yeah. And and I, I, I will agree with you a hundred percent. That is another option. Um, because it's one I've thought of. Um, but I'm telling you, it's not one you want to subscribe to right now. You do not want to do Squarespace. Okay. Because, because of that, that same thing, the site will load poorly. Uh, but yeah, now see that that's the issue is, is the loading is the yeah. performance. And, and that and, and and you're right that was one of the factors and that's what drove me more towards you know something statically generated mm-hmm. okay now can can WordPress WordPress can cache stuff and whenever it hits it it's it's essentially statically generated which is true um, is our implementation of WordPress doing that correctly right now I don't know I'd have to run some performance tests um, but I, I I guess I'm just in that mind, and, and I'm overthinking it. I'll, I'll admit, I think I'm overthinking it to a degree in saying we're using the ten thousand dollar hammer when a when a dime store hammer will work. Yeah. Um, and and that's that's part of my bias. It, is it costing me ten thousand dollars to use that hammer? No, we're, WP Engine's uh, uh, well priced. It's certainly right there in the same price of any other thing I'm going to implement. Um, and I think, I think where we're getting to is I'm going to go back to option a, which was, we're going to leave things the way they Mm -hmm. are. And if I, if I need a change, I'll just hire a WordPress developer, say, here's what we want, go do it and just spend a few hundred bucks. Well, that's, Um, I feel like the way I would want, the way I'm recommending that you approach these projects is free time driven development. If I'm, if I'm angling for more paddleboard hours and kayak time, I'm going to look for solutions that don't depend on me and my expertise. I'm going to, yeah, I agree with that. I feel like, you and I both reached, in, at least in the past, I used to, and now I'm less so. We've re, we always kind of look at what can I do because I'm pretty good at this. Because I know, I mean, I have zero, have zero doubt that you 
could take your existing website, except for the CSS, which, you know, neither of us are experts at, you could get the site working on Jekyll on Netlify, and that sucker would be twice as fast and updates of content would not take too long. But I do think you're creating right. a dependency upon yourself. And that means that you can't go to two extra officiating conferences. You can't make an additional 10 bad calls over the week because you're getting less games. Like, I limit it to one bad call a week. So my point is, I've, I, as a manager... When you when you weigh these different options, you should really think about the dependency upon you. What happens when you get hit by a bus and you set them up on Jekyll? And 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 you're completely right. And that's what I'm trying to find that middle ground between. I would say Jekyll's at one end, and WordPress is at the other. And I'm trying to find that now. And so right now, my mindset is stick with the first option. But part of me is also going to be like, let me go look at Sanity because I've I've been told Sanity is that light CMS, and and maybe instead of rewriting it in WordPress, we'll rewrite it in something. So now else. let's let's talk about um, whether it's Sanity. Let's or talk about goal oriented development. The ultimate goal of your web marketing website yep. is to have a presence for people yep. looking for the solution that you provide. Um, yeah, helping your sales team like generate leads. So my first question before all this, the last hour of talk is, do you feel the website is generating the number of leads that it could be doing or that it should be doing? The marketing website does its job. Okay. So that's why sticking back with the first answer is probably the right one. Okay. It does its job. Is it super performant? Probably not. Could we tweak it? Yeah, maybe. And maybe that's something we'll look at. Maybe we'll get somebody to come in and say, yeah, I can make it this much faster for this much money. Um, maybe that's something. Do we you have a competitor? But it does its, it, it does its job. Um, to a degree, uh, the competitors are all do different things in different ways, but serve the same purpose but they do it differently. So we don't have a direct competitor, but we have ancillary yeah. competitors. So like the question I would always have there is, are your competitors showing up when you, when you do searches related to keywords about your product, who's showing up in the highest, like who pops up the most? Um, again, you're not, you're in a, you're no, in a, you're in a different space. You're in an educator enterprise space of sorts. So you're not really yeah. grabbing popular you're not in a popularity contest for your marketing, but like those are the things that drive change on a marketing website, I would say as well. Yeah. And we, we come up, let's see, uh, if we ignore the ad, we come up one, two, three, four, we come up sixth on Google, um, which isn't horrible. Not great. Not horrible. We cut, we come in behind an actual, um, uh, uh, an actual article as opposed to, you know, a marketing website. So we've, we've got improvements we can do. Um, and, and that's, that may be what we need to do first is instead of worrying about is WordPress the right answer, worry about what can we do to move up the chain? Um, uh, 
one of the marketing side of the marketing website, one of the purposes of the marketing website, as you said, was SEO. Maybe we need to investigate that yeah. first. And I, I feel so. like if you do talk to like, I feel like talking to a WordPress developer is the wrong first step. Talking to a market, talking to Agreed. a marketing expert is the first step. Is WordPress the right tool to implement what they say your focus should be is the next step. And that's when you decide WordPress or Jekyll. And yeah, I mean, and like, I don't know what the sanity thing is. Um, I think that's a lie no matter what. I think the branding is a lie. <laughs> There's nothing in our, te- none of our tools are sand. It makes it insane, <laughs> but I, I've never heard of it, but there's like a, there's a platform out there called Webflow that um, former WordPress developers that I know have used it and they love it. And that's another tool. And apparently they focus a lot on the performance side of Squarespace does not. Like there's all sorts of alternatives right. out there for a to move off a of WordPress that that actually may give you the free time driven development goals that WordPress still takes away from you. Um, I just don't. Sure. So I'm not trying to say that you need to live and die by WordPress. I'm. I guess my point this whole time has been, I feel like your approach to it has always saddled you with higher dependency. And that's what's more concerning to me than that, 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 that's a fair concern. And, and that's where leaving it where it is and just hiring somebody to make changes is, is, that's why I keep defaulting to that as the right. Now I also, I also Um, realize you like this stuff like that. And I am actively stepping on your toes so that you quit having fun as a coder. Eh, eh, you know what? I'm not dying to go build a Jekyll site. I just, I, I know it's possible. I'm not dying to go build something on Gatsby. I, I know it's possible. So you can step on my toes all I want. I'll gladly back <laughs> away. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's it. Um I think I got to go do some packing because I, I, I was I was looking at it and I'm actually like only at the house for like six or seven days on the next three or four weeks. So wow. it's it's something crazy. So. All right. We'll save right. travels. All right. And uh, and and by the time we we come back, we'll uh, we'll be hearing about uh, your new adventures. Yes. All right, talk to you soon. Later. Thanks for listening to the CTO Think Podcast. Show notes and previous episodes can be found on our website at ctothink.com. Reviews on Apple iTunes are always appreciated and help promote the show. Patreon contributions help us to produce episode transcripts, which allow people that are deaf or hard of hearing to access the show. If you have feedback, ideas, or want to be a guest, please email us at hello at ctothink.com. Show music is Dumpster Dive by Mark Wallach. Licensed by PremiumBeat.com. Voiceover work by MeganVoices.com. You'll hear from us next week. Thank you.